bow your heads and pray with me, please. Lord Jesus, thank you for your presence here with us. Thank you for the invitation that always stands as you offer it to us to come home, to come home to you, to get back to where we belong. Toward that end, Lord Jesus, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our wills and bend them to your own. And Lord Jesus, please take our hearts and set them on fire with love for yourself. We pray this for your name's sake. Amen. Well, we are coming toward the end now of our series about anticipation. And we've had the most amazing season of Advent moving toward now this celebration of the birth of Jesus in anticipation of what God is going to do. Now, you and I could never, ever, ever have anticipated that he would do what he said he would do and come and do what was claimed would happen when the angel came and spoke to Mary. You would never have guessed it. When the angel came and spoke to Mary, she was disturbed at what the news might be, what the communication might be. You could never have guessed in your wildest imagination any more than Mary could have guessed what that news would be. We anticipate it now because we've got the history of the Christian faith. We've got the history of a Jesus who was not only born of the Virgin Mary, but 33 years later was executed. And three days after that, rose from the dead. And in the light of that resurrection from the dead, all that transpired between the angel turning up and speaking to Mary and an angel arriving at that tomb and saying, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. All that transpired was something that God achieved, that God got done, that we in our wildest human imaginations would never, ever have guessed at. It was Albert Einstein who, by the way, said this, only those who attempt the absurd will achieve the impossible. Only those who will attempt the absurd will achieve the impossible. Thought-provoking comment that God should come back to earth, an earth he created, out of nothing, and visit it again in the incarnation, the coming of his son Jesus, 
sounds absurd. And outside of the divine revelation, God revealing himself, we wouldn't have made this up. God revealed himself. When he revealed himself to Mary and the angel came and spoke to her, she asked the question, since she's told by the angel that she's going to give birth to a son, how can this be? Since I haven't known a man. How can this be? And the answer she received was that God himself would do this. That the Spirit of God himself would come and brood on the womb of Mary. And that the child to be born within her would be born of the Holy Spirit, called the Son of God, the Son of the Most High. It's a miraculous occurrence. Not just the angels appearing and the content of the angels' communication, but the very fact that it was achieved, that it happened. She gave birth to a child without having any sexual intercourse. And when the announcement was made by that same angel addressing shepherds in a field, it was no less a miraculous communication and that what they were told they would go and witness if they went to Bethlehem was this child that had been born of a virgin that was the fulfillment of history's prophecies in God's word. And when they were told that there was good news of great joy, that good news of great joy was not a human observation. The news that they were receiving from the same angel who spoke to Mary months before. That same angel is speaking on behalf of God and God's revelation. Don't be afraid. Spoken to the shepherds, we come bearing good news of great joy. Listen. That was God's observation. It's not that we discovered centuries later what good news it was, or even 33 years later what good news it was. God himself conveyed that this was good news and would be the cause of great joy. God's anticipation of this moment when his son would be born, that good news would penetrate into this dark, dark world, and that the people who sat in darkness would see a great light, and his anticipation expressed through the angel 
is that this would be good news and stimulate great joy. God's observation. Not mine, not the church's. God's description of the coming of Christ. Good news. Great joy. And they went off to see whether this was so and found it as the angel described. Only those who attempt the absurd will achieve the impossible unless it's God Almighty himself. And he can do anything he chooses. And men today may call it absurd. He himself says this is good news of great joy. And while with man this is not possible, with God all things are possible. Now just to put that into our own human context here, we desperately need, if God's describing it as good news, that good news. And if its effect is to produce great joy, we don't want to miss either the news or the joy. And so we reiterate again on this day when we celebrate the birth of Jesus that another miracle can take place. That that same living Jesus can enter our lives and transform us. We sing in the carol about his being born in us today. That Jesus... That same Jesus, who came to earth born of the Virgin Mary, who died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins, bearing the name Jesus, meaning Savior, God with us, God doing his business of rescuing us from all the misery and pain and grief and heartache and the ultimate hell that comes with sin. God was breaking in on the misery that we had made of his world to begin another operation. In the first place, it was creation. But with the coming of Christ, there was another miracle achieved. Our salvation. Our being rescued from all the misery the bleakness, the darkness, the angst and pain, the alienation, the sickness, intellectual sickness, soul sickness, spiritual sickness, physical sickness, eternal desperation in hell sickness. The good news is that God in Christ came to pull off what we could never do and never by our wildest imagination come up with his plan to do it. You wouldn't do it that way. And one of the things that gives such credibility to the Christian faith, and listen carefully because you would never have guessed this either, 
It is because exactly it was done this way that our God is a credible God. Because he entered into our pain and suffering. He wasn't a distant observer. He wasn't just wrapping people over the knuckles and threatening judgment. When he saw the pain and suffering that sin produces in the person of Christ Jesus, he entered into it, into the fullness of our humanity. So that when he died on the cross, another miracle took place. All the pain and death and sin of this world and the hell that it deserves came upon Jesus. He bore it in his body on the cross. And when the angels came to speak of good news, of great joy, the angel was speaking the mind of God to the human race that needed that salvation. Good news of great joy. And outside of that good news of great joy, there is no hope for this screwed up, sick, sinful world. Not a chance. You can meld all the religions together and all the effort and endeavor of all the religions put together and all their religiosity doesn't touch the problem. God came and resolved the problem himself. Entered into the very desperate circumstances of our lives and ultimately bore in his body and in his spirit such alienation and judgment from God that Jesus cried from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why was he forsaken? In your place and mine. He went to hell on the cross. And the good news of great joy is that that same Jesus is present here this evening And the credibility of a God who would enter into the poisonous, cankerous sin of humanity and buried himself in the judgment it deserves. Name another God like him. You can't name one. There isn't one. the credibility of the cross of Christ and the credibility of the birth of Christ in the stable manger. All points to the reality that God in Christ is present here tonight for you. You're going to see acted out a little later in this service two other miracles. One will be that we're going to break bread and pour out wine as a symbolic statement that Christ has died for our sins. Has it ever struck you as strange that we would commemorate his birth 
by talking about his death? Did that ever cross your mind? Why would we, on Christmas Day, this back end of Christmas Eve, celebrate the birth of Jesus by running to the cross? Because Christ was born with the cross in mind. And we will rehearse that miracle. And you will see another miracle. We're going to see toward the back end of this service a reenactment from 100 years ago. Some of you older folks might remember the dates 1914, 1918. That was the first world war. When tens and thousands of men died in Europe. Over 800,000 Brits alone. The United States had tens of thousands and the French and the Germans had their tens of thousands. That's almost passed us by in the USA, but 100 years ago was the outbreak of that war. And the soldiers in their trench warfare penned down all they could do was shell each other. And come Christmas Eve, the Germans on one side of the line sang Silent Night, Holy Night. The Americans and the Brits and the Allies heard that singing and they started singing. And these men came out of the trenches. They actually celebrated with a Christmas tree. Played a soccer game together. The miracle of what God wrought demonstrated in human momentary, albeit, reconciliation. That same Jesus is present here Whatever pain you've got in your life, in your marriage, in your history, in the associations, in your family, all the depressed nature of whatever sin has done in your life or in your background or in your genetics, whatever has happened in your life that you carry with you now, Christ died for on the cross to reconcile you in the first place to the Father and the second place to each other. That is good news of great joy. Let's talk to this God together, shall we? Living Lord Jesus, it all seems so highly 
phenomenal that you would so love me that you would go to these ends. to draw me to yourself. I want to speak to God in the first person that my prayer might be your prayer said as if you were praying it for yourself. And I'm going to ask you to say it out loud with me so that you can pray it for yourself. That all the miraculous events we have relayed, reflected on, might come to fruition in a moment of time with you, Lord Jesus, that by your Spirit's presence in us, we might be born anew to a new life, a new optimism, a new anticipation, a new beginning. Please, see yourself looking at Jesus. You're going to speak to him out loud. And I'm going to ask you to use the words that I will pass on to you as if you were saying them for yourself. And then you can do just that. Say them phrase by phrase for yourself. Look into the face of Jesus as he looks into your face. And you say to him, Dear Lord Jesus, I need you. Dear Lord Jesus, I need you. I need your good news. I need your good news. I need your great joy. I need your great joy. I need your great forgiveness. I need your great presence in my life. Fill me with yourself. Drive out the darkness of doubt and despair. Drive out the darkness of doubt and despair. Fill me with the light of your truth. Fill me with the light of your truth. Fill me with your life-giving spirit. I turn from all that nailed you to the cross. I turn from all that nailed you to the cross. And I turn to you and surrender to you. I give myself to you. Thank you for giving yourself for me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus.